Hello everyone, we are back with another episode on Little Women. Just a reminder, this is spoiler inclusive, so if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, please be sure to do that, and also make sure you read it if you don't want to get any spoilers. Um, But otherwise, I hope you all enjoy it. This is kind of a busy week for everyone. Um, I guess, you know, I don't even know if it's a busy week. The holidays are very strange this year. But I hope you all are finding a way to make it special and with your close friends and family, or close, sorry, no, close family, no friends, unless you're roommates. I don't know. Just, I hope you all are staying safe. I hope you are finding new traditions, having a good time. I don't know. I'm not the holiday specialist. I am just going to be with my family, hanging out, having a jolly old time. Anyways, whatever. Hope you guys are having a great holiday season. Um, I hope you are finding a way to wrap up this year on a positive note. Um, you know, there's all that. So have a great holiday, whatever holiday you celebrate. And I hope you all enjoy this episode on Little Women. Welcome back to Barely Bookish. We are once again reading Little Women, and I'm joined again by Kendra. Hi. (laughs) Well, we are starting off this round of chapters by reading chapter nine, which is Meg Goes to Vanity Fair. And the only thing I know about Vanity Fair is the magazine. So I was like, is she getting like a magazine gig? And I was like, right off the bat, like some of these chapter titles, I'm like, what is even happening right now? So I thought maybe she's like getting a magazine job now. So then uh, if she was going to go to that, I think she's going to that lady's house, but the microwave is on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Meg is packing up her trunk with all of her sisters helping. And when she's all packed up, she's off to spend time at Annie Moffat's house. And after spending time with them, Meg has started to grow jealous of Annie, who has a lot of money and doesn't have to work at all for anything. Who was that? What was that poem that sat on a muffet uh i know what you're talking about but i can't remember any of the words right now that is what i think every time someone says muffet it's funny because we have um this college i went to we have um a research center named moffitt i think so like every time i read it that's the only thing i think of Meg, for the party, throws on her best dress, but it looks shabby compared to the other girls, and she felt like she was being pitied for her poverty. And, like, this gets brought up a lot while she's there. Yeah, I don't understand. Okay, so I get it that you want to go somewhere else, and and you're, it's like a, basically you're spending the night over there for two weeks or whatever, Mm -hmm. a fortnight. But I don't know if I would want to do that. Yeah. Back then, because... Yeah, they have more stuff than you, and it's like, you see the pity on their faces, and then everybody's making fun of you, and it's just like, do you really want to put yourself through that, or yeah, just kind of leave it? Yeah, and then I- they prettied her up, and they were still making fun of her. I know, and like, my whole thing is like, I know nowadays, like, if, you know, um, if, you know, like, we 
say we were to go to our friend's house and um most of the time like your friends would let you borrow clothes but like that wasn't a thing back then so it's like if you go over there and you're like oh it turns out like we're actually going somewhere nice and you only brought jeans like my friends and i would like borrow each other's clothes so you know we all look nice but i'm just this that was not done at all and like this entire scenario just made me sad yeah because it's like okay they're making her feel included yay they're gonna pretty her up they did her hair and then it's just like oh they're just like they're dressing up a cow and you're like come on now i know it it hurt me it was just mean Mm -hmm. i did like the fact that she at the end even though she knew everything that was going on Mm -hmm. she did enjoy herself and was like okay i'm just gonna drink (laughs) yeah big mood big mood i felt that We'll get there, but I was like, but she's like, yeah, just got some champagne. I was like, yeah, I feel that. For me, it's whiskey, but like, you do you, girl. If you want to have champagne in an expensive ball gown, you do you. Like, Lori annoyed me because he kind of shamed her and was like, I don't like this, you. And I'm like, yeah. get over yourself, Lori. I'm like, buddy, you rich boy. Like, say what you want, but like, you literally are like, have like thousands of servants you live in a mansion and you're gonna look down on her for wanting a nice dress for one evening like chill out yeah i think he forgets that part that they don't enjoy these kinds of spoils Mm -hmm. so for him to judge her so for him to judge her like that it just made me angry because i was like you're annoying (laughs) go away (laughs) literally though we'll get there but more and we'll talk more about it when that comes up but i was like Lori, get it together, buddy. So um, Meg for the party throws on her dress dress. Yeah, I mentioned that already. Got lost. Um, So Meg receives flowers and a letter from her mom and Lori, which I thought was super sweet. But as soon as like she gets the letters, all the girls are like, oh my gosh, you got a letter from a boy from an admirer. And they're like, oh, and um, Meg's like, well, it's just Lori. Like he's our neighbor. They all, like, were shocked that Lori said this, and she's like, it's just my friend, you know? And they end up secretly inviting him to the party they're hosting to, like, I don't know, win her favor or something. Who knows what they're trying to do with that. I was like, yeah, they- I was going to ask you, like, did you understand what was going on? Because I didn't. I, I thought maybe they were trying to be catty and be like, oh, you had the secret admirer. Like, we're going to invite him and, like, judge him harshly. And I can't tell if the girls were actually trying to be catty or if they were trying to be nice. And they're like, hey, this, you have this guy who seems to be a secret admirer. Like, let's invite him and, you know, see him and, like, make an evening out of it. But I couldn't tell if they're being catty or not. So what I thought happened was they figured out who he was Mm -hmm. and they figured out that he had money Mm -hmm. and they were thinking, okay, well, she said neighbor. So maybe he doesn't know that he has other options. So they invited him and they were thinking, okay, well, if he's interested in her, he'll definitely be interested in one of us because we have more money. That is very possible. Very possible. I have no idea. That's like, that's probably what happened. I just, from the way it was written, you couldn't tell if they were being catty or if they were being sincere. Like, it seemed like the older sister was trying to be nice, but at the same time, they, like, looked down on her so badly. I can't tell. I don't know. Because some of this old writing, I'm like, it's kind of like poetry and you have to decipher. And I'm mm-hmm. like, 
please don't make me decipher. Just tell me what you want me to know. <laughs> I know because it's like sometimes she breaks, the author breaks the fourth wall and's like, oh, this is all the information you need to understand what's going on. And the other time she holds things and keeps them from you. Like later in this book when she, um, when Lori gives a secret to Joe, she like keeps that information, the author, to herself. She doesn't tell the audience until like two chapters later. And I'm like, whoa whoa that's rude like why would you keep that from us we're there with them you're telling me that i somehow don't get the information that the two of them get if i was right with them i would get that information hand it over (laughs) she just keeps things to herself sometimes i don't understand so then uh meg overhears people talking about her and lawrence and about um and they're trying to like figure out how to offer her a dress and in this moment, we like it's not very clear whether they're making fun of her or not, like at all. Like you really can't tell them. Like, are we being rude? Are they actually trying to be nice? Like I could not tell. I couldn't tell either. I thought, okay, so if they were being nice, mm-hmm. this is how I figure. Like this is how rich people are nice to me. So mm-hmm. we invited this girl. We did not know that she was poor. She's not out yet. She doesn't have a lot of pretty dresses. So when she's walking around our plantation or whatever it is over there, mm-hmm. she's making us look bad because she looks poor and she looks like a servant. Yeah. So we need to dress her up so she'll look nice and she'll enjoy it because she's poor. And that's the way that I looked at it. Yeah, actually, that makes a lot of sense because they like make reference to her like showing her off and like making her like a doll kind of thing they like say that quite a bit when the party actually happens so it wouldn't surprise me if that was their motive it's like she's making us look pop like poor so we're gonna dress her up so no one can tell that she's poor like that would not surprise me so everyone thinks that Lori is Meg's lover, so they invite him to come on Thursday to the party, um, and this is where we find out that Meg is not out yet, so she's allowed to, quote, still be little, unquote, and, which I don't really like that phrasing. So Belle, the older sister, offered to give Meg one of her old dresses that doesn't fit her well because they're trying to, like, figure out how to get her an address and meg after overhearing the conversation it's like oh you know my dress did get you know ruined at the last party we went to uh do you have any like hemming that i can do or something or string i guess she asked for and the sister's like oh you can buy my dress you really need one and they're like yes now we get to dress her up and then like it's thursday now and they dress meg up and they like do makeup to her for whatever reason I guess undo her hair and like girls don't really wear makeup so I was like confused why they put because it sounded like they did her makeup right I don't when the civil war okay so they had like I think they had like rouge and stuff back yeah. then and probably lipstick but I think the lipstick was poisonous <laughs> so yeah and I then, was, like, in the 1700s, I know they used to powder their face. So mm-hmm. they have some stuff. They just not, not what you're thinking nowadays. Yeah. But I always heard, like, when I read these older books, that it was, like, unladylike to wear makeup, and you only wore makeup if you were really ugly. From what I, like, 
I read a couple books where that was like a huge thing is like no one wears makeup because when you wear makeup you're either old or you're ugly and like Meg is said to be like really really beautiful so I was like are they trying to be like you know you need makeup because you're not pretty also this is just like a side point makeup is not what defines you as a person but like this is what I've been told from these like older books is that was what makeup was like but I don't know I don't know I've never I don't I don't I don't know I do know that they're like movies or whatever from older movies Mm -hmm. the girls always seemed excited when they got some type of makeup to put on their face and then you always see the girls pinching their cheeks to make Mm -hmm. it more red but I don't know I I have no idea if like makeup was like a taboo thing yeah I'll have to google that maybe it was one of those things where it was like you couldn't quote like obviously wear makeup so it had to look very very natural to the point where like men thought that was like just your face kind of thing so then they say that Meg looks absolutely stunning um but they put her in something that was rather revealing for the fact that she's not out yet like she's still what 17 and um, her friend, the girl Sally, I think, said that, like, she's kind of jealous for the fact that, like, Meg looks so much prettier than everyone else. And I was like, whoop. That's not her problem. I know, literally. I was like, <laughs> let Meg live for, like, 20 minutes, please. Like, she's just straight chilling here. Um, but I was like, why'd they put her in something really revealing? Like, that seemed kind of weird for me. Not only are they going to dress her up, but then they're going to put her in, like, a revealing outfit where she's obviously not comfortable. They might have been trying to make a scandal happen. Maybe. Are they we just, thought- like, <laughs> thinking so badly of these girls that did this innocently and the two of us are like, hmm, were they horrible individuals? Okay, so we're both bored. We both know that. <laughs> so we're going to make up as much as we need to to get us through this book. I know. I'm like, I know it's a children's book, but I'm like, I'm ready for scandals. I'm ready for like action, packed adventure, and like gossip and drama. And this book is like, oh, they lovingly fell in love. And I'm like, where's the spice? Where is it? <laughs> I'm like, did they murder each other? Like, what happened? I need something like to get me through. So right now I'm just going to imagine that like they did this out of like cold, you know, envy just for some spice. (laughs) Um, So then Lori came and he looks at Meg and is like super surprised and disapproving. And Meg is like really salty about it. And she's starting to wish that she wore like her old dress that's like destroyed because it's been um altered so much and so then meg approaches Lori and he and asks if he likes the way she looks and he says no he doesn't like it and he doesn't like fuss and feathers and i was like Lori, like who are you gonna who are you saying that to right now like i'm sorry you have millions of dollars to your name and she wanted to be pretty for an evening chill out bruh like dude get it together don't be a dirtbag for no reason yeah he or maybe it was just the fact that he liked her the way she was and Mm -hmm. he didn't want to see her change like that because i mean he's been around rich people all the time and it's very obvious whose company he chooses Mm -hmm. he'd rather have the march's company than these people because they're who they he hangs out with all the time yeah 
So maybe he was worried that she was going to turn into one of them. I don't know. Yeah. I'm only defending him because we got to part two of the book and I'm starting to like Lori. So I know <laughs> I like, I like Lori more and more, but at this point I was like, dude, like don't be a jerkwad for no reason. Yeah. I really did not like him after this. I was like, you know what? I don't like you anymore. You're out of the book. <laughs> I didn't like hate him, but I was just like, in this moment, I was like, I don't know if he's trying to prove a point by being like, Hey, you know, I think you're great as you are or what. Like, I wasn't really sure what he's trying to do, but I did not like the way he phrased it. Yeah, it wasn't done well. He did apologize, though. Like, yeah. Like, pretty quickly. It was, like, in a span of an hour, he's like, okay, sorry. My next note is literally that he apologizes and said he doesn't like the dress, but he thinks she's splendid and asks her to dance, uh, which she ultimately agrees to. And Meg asked Lori not to tell them about the dress, uh, like her family about the dress, and that she'll do it when she gets home. And he's like, doesn't really want to agree to it, but he ultimately just agrees to it because he can tell that um, Meg will actually say to her family what happened. You know what else? Because I just read my notes. Mm -hmm. So what if this was the author's way of showing her how the real world works as opposed to in your comfy little house. Like what if this whole book is about this is how you think the world works, but mm -hmm. this is how it really works. Maybe. Cause I do feel like this book is essentially just a lot of lessons for children to understand, you know? So it wouldn't surprise me. So like a very, very subtle way of, you think you're ready, but you're not. Yeah, because, like, basically she's saying, like, you you think you're ready to come out. This is what the world's going to do to you, you know? Like, this is what it's like to start dating men is you're going to be in revealing clothing. You're going to be kind of uncomfortable. People are going to dress you up and, like, look at you as an object instead of a person. Well, that still happens now. I know. <laughs> I was just thinking that as I'm saying it, I'm like, well, now I'm sad. <laughs> we talked about this with Pride and Prejudice, how um, uh, we said something about how Collins, he wouldn't understand that no means no. I'm like, wow. And then my uh, guest at the time was like, wow, nothing's changed. And I'm like, now I'm sad. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, I remember that part. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, okay, thanks. Now I'm going to go cry for 20 minutes. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, don't mind me. I'm just hurting. Oh my goodness. Um, so now Meg is drinking champagne and flirting with boys. And Lori is very uncomfortable. And like, how bad does this look for Meg? Because all of her friends think Lori is her lover. And now she's flirting and drinking. But, like, also, I respect Meg for this. Like, you do you, girl. That's what they get. True. She told them many a times that he is just her friend. You know, so she if can she have her fun their men away, that's their problem, not hers. Yeah. And, like, they never mention any of the girls flirting with Lori, though. What do you think about it? Like, Lori literally sounds like he just stood off in a corner the entire time when he wasn't talking to Meg. Well, generally, he is a shy person. Yeah. So, or maybe he's just already found the one. And Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think that 
Joe is truly interested in men from what we can tell off the bat. But I do think that they would get married out of convenience 100%. Yeah, I don't get that vibe off of Joe either. Yeah. I think they would marry for friendship and tax benefits. Tax benefits. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think that, you know, I don't know what Lori if he likes women or you know what he's about but i feel like he would casually marry joe so that joe can live out her old maid days and they can just be friends and have a good time together marry her so she can be happy and be left alone yeah basically that's what i'm figuring is gonna happen like i don't i kind of hope they don't fall in love at the end of this just because i'm gonna be a little bit annoyed that they're like oh the entire time she actually did love him i'm gonna be like oh no no, she oh, I didn't. Hate, I hate movies like that. I really I know. Do. Like, it's annoying. I hate when you best s- friends for 20 years and you didn't know you were in love with each other. Yeah, you knew. Like, there's <laughs> a, some point in those 20 years. But I hate when they set up a character to be a queer character or a diverse character. And then at the end of it, they're like, she actually found a man that she was in love with. And uh, now she has no other ambition. And you're like, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> um... No, that's not how this works at all. Thanks, though, for your input, but I am not interested. You know a book that doesn't do that? Hmm. It's by Adrienne Young. Go on. Yeah, text it to me. Or Instagram, message it to me. DM it to me, because I I want that. I want enemies to lovers. I need some good. good Oh, it has that, too. Oh, I am already sold now. Thank you. (laughs) The next day... Meg is super hungover and then she ends up going home on Saturday and they like spend the entire day being lazy um, Friday because she is really hungover. And I'm like, sis, when you drink that much champagne to the point where you're flirting with men that you know you never would have, you're going to be hungover. That's just what happens. We've all been there. It's fine. You're fine. Um, What? Those memes. I know she's just like I'm 15 bottles of champagne in and I don't know why I feel like I can't walk so Meg gets home and finally confesses to her mother and Joe all the things that she did at the Moffat house and also tells them about the gossip she overheard when they were like trying to get her into a different dress and um and I guess they had like talked about Mrs. March having a plan for Meg and Meg's like, Meg's like, I heard this. Like, can you tell me what that means? Like, what kind of plan do you have for me? And Mrs. March says that the only plan for them is to marry people they love. And I was like, oh, that sickened me. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, uh, cuteness. I can't. Not in my household. <laughs> Close the book, throw it, and you're like, okay, fine. I'll start reading again. Never mind. I just. That's su- that's such a childish thing to say. Mm-hmm. Like, I know people are listening to this, and the younger generation is like, "No, that is the best thing ever." But no, yeah. once you get older, you cannot live off of love. You just yeah. can't. Otherwise, you'll be living, you know, on the street and you're homeless. Yeah, you can't. So, so you gotta like, you can love, you gotta love the man, be or individual that you're marrying, but you, they've also gotta be a good person and work and you know provide for themselves and other people around them like you can't be the one 
working and doing everything because he will grow to resent them. There's no right. ifs, ands, or buts about that. You have to, I mean, the relationship does not work off of love. You have to work at it. It is a, literally, you're putting 100% of yourself into the relationship. I hate it when I see things that say, oh, the relationship needs to be 50-50. No, if you're doing 50% of the work, and you're giving 50% of yourself, who are you giving that other 50% to? Yeah. That's what I would like to know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, you have to not only build each other up, but like you are a unit now when you're in a relationship. And I, like while my boyfriend and I do things independently a lot of the time, we still stop to, before we do something, consider, oh, are they, do they have plans? Like, did our partner have plans? Do they have things they wanted to do? Like, you still have to consider the other person even when you're trying to be quote like doing things separately and i think yeah. that's not like something just people understand dr phil <laughs> <laughs> and this is dr phil segment with rachel Mo- uh, kendra i said i almost said Lori because i was like looking at my notes while i was <laughs> and i was talking too fast my brain's like I'm okay with that as long as it's the Lori part two and not the Lori part one. Yeah. Part two. I'm like, he's growing into a little man. I'm like, oh, buzz cut. I know when they talk about his buzz hair and they're like, but it's cute little mop. I'm like, ooh, buzzed hair. <laughs> like, what does that say about my type and my uh, preference in men? I'm like, I like longer hair, but not like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I'm not even a shoulderless. Because... <laughs> <laughs> we'll just like imagine awkward. and we'll like fill it in. It's fine. <laughs> See, like I have a very specific preference. I like. You're gonna um, imagine Fabio. Can you just end up guys like Fabio? And I'm like, <laughs> you're like shoulder hair, so that they kind of look like cool and mysterious, but like also like a proper businessman is what I'm going with. Oh, you know what? Maybe. I don't even know if this is I should probably look it up. Maybe like that that skater boy type hair. Mm, like Yeah. It's not so long, but it's not short. Mm-hmm. Uh back to little women. Um, so chapter ten, it's called the PC and the PO. And I was like, I have no idea what this means. Cause all I could think was PO box and like PC computer. And I'm like, neither of those exist right now. Well, this was one title that did not tell us what was happening. <laughs> I know. Finally, because like so many of these chapter titles tell you exactly what's happening. And like, I have a lot to say. I know you don't follow me on TikTok, but I was reading this last night. And when we get to it, you know, what happens with Beth, I literally filmed a TikTok at 1130 at night, at night in my PJs. And I was like, y'all, if Beth dies, I'm done reading. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to continue on. And then, like, 20 minutes later, like, I added to the comment, and I said, why is the next chapter called Amy's Will? <laughs> I was like, what's going on? <laughs> like, why is everyone trying to die their children? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, each girl has a section of the garden to plant whatever they want in it. And uh, I guess, like, Everyone says that you can kind of tell who runs each thing because it's a very much a a resemblance of them as a person. So they then play this game where they write a little newspaper and have town hall meetings. And I was like, this is so cute. Like they have like their own little government. I love it. 
So in the newspaper, there's poems and stories that the girls have written. They also add news bulletins uh, with things happening in their lives. And like, I'm not going to read all those to you, but like, if you read the book, you know, and if not, you can pretty much imagine what they're kind of like, you know. This is what I would call a filler chapter where your editor would be like, take it out. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's no reason. This never gets brought up again, really. Yeah. Like, it's, like, <laughs> mentioned in passing a couple of times, but, like, we did not need this chapter at all. So, yeah, they totally could have cut it, and I wouldn't have been like, oh, no, we're missing crucial <laughs> parts of the story. <laughs> Um, so they request to add Lori to the what they call the PC, and immediately they're like, "Oh no, I don't know what I, if I want to um, include him," and they end up agreeing and adding him is a good idea. And it turns out that Joe actually hid him in the meeting in like a closet the entire time. So it's like I'm glad everyone agreed, but like, what if they said no? They did say no, and he was like, oh, please let me in. Well, they said no originally, and uh, Joe's like, why not? Like, they're like, oh, but he'll make fun of us. And Joe's like, no, he won't. And everyone, like, finally was like, all right, fine. And then she's like, okay, good, and, like, lets him out. And everyone's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That is a very boy thing to do that Joe did. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So... Lori joined in and immediately started acting the part, which I thought was very adorable, that he was, like, not going to make fun of them. And he's like, okay, you guys want me to, like, participate? I'll definitely play the game. And, like, starts immediately acting the part, which I thought was nice. So chapter 11, experiments. I was like, what are they going to get up to now? (laughs) So uh, Meg is getting three months off work, which she's super excited about because the family that she uh, nannies for is going ba- uh, going on vacation. So for a week, all they're going to do is play and not work at all. This is another lesson chapter. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like you get filler and then a lesson, filler and then a lesson. Um, so after the first day, um, it, they said it felt really long. Uh, but they felt as though the experiment was still working. And so their mother was like, yeah, take the whole week and do nothing and see how that goes for you. And then, like, they're two days in and no one's having a good time anymore. But they're trying to, like, still pretend to their mother that they're like, yeah, we're having a great time, not working at all. Well, if you think about it, okay, let's pretend mm-hmm. that you're super poor you don't have anything to do all day. Well, not anything, but like mm-hmm. you don't have a job to go to. So you're sitting at home. What are you going to do? There's no TV. There's no radio. Yeah. Like. I don't think Joe would get bored this quickly, though. Like two days and she's still on her first book, you know, like you're telling me that Joe's not having a good time. Joe would be having a grand old time. The rest of the girls I could see being bored though because they're not as into reading as Joe would be. Yeah, I guess Joe with the, all of the reading, mm-hmm. she'd probably get through the library real quick because I mean she's allowed to go into Lori's house and borrow books. Yeah, but I don't see Joe getting bored nearly as quickly. Like they said that they're all bored and they're like only a couple days into this. And I'm like, really? I don't think Joe would be bored yet. Okay, well, we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> I, I could see the like Meg and the two younger girls who don't have anything to do 
being bored because it's like how many times can beth go out into the garden and play with dolls like not that many well i mean can the dolls play because they don't have any limbs so (laughs) 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 the fact that she like takes care of all these randomly decapitated dolls i'm like okay beth are you okay like do you need therapy do you need someone to talk to you would think that maybe she had nursing mm-hmm. in her future, but then she's so shy. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Whatever. I don't know, man. So uh, to rub this in further, on the last day of their exper- experience, um, experiment, sorry, Mrs. March gave Hannah a holiday. So the girls woke up and there was no fire, no breakfast, and their mother was still asleep. And everyone's like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> So uh, the girls started making breakfast and burned absolutely everything. Um, They tried to make breakfast in bed for their mother and they just completely destroyed it. It's like inedible, inedible, inedible. Yeah. And no one knows how to cook at all. I find that so strange, Mm -hmm. but maybe it's because all the rooms were separated back then. So they never saw Hannah cooking. They never saw their mother cleaning up. Like, yeah, I just find that so odd because yes, no open floor plan. Yeah. No one like sat me down in the kitchen and said, okay, this is how you cook. I just watched and then was like, okay, but what ingredients would you get? And then once you had the ingredient, I would go and cook it. Like, mm-hmm. so I don't understand this concept of, I don't know how to fend for myself. Like, I don't get it. See, because like it's a not trial like and were, error kind of girl. Yeah, it's not like they were they were rich. They had one servant. So you're telling me this entire time, your entire life, this one servant has been cooking and cleaning for you, and you don't know how to do anything. That just doesn't make except for so. I guess like the girls kind of know how to clean though, but like because like Joe does all the cleaning at Aunt March's, so I think they know how to clean, but I don't think they know how to cook anything, except like finger sandwiches that you wouldn't have to cook probably i just find it so odd but then i don't know because i don't know how they did things back then yeah because i mean the kitchen would be separated so mm-hmm. it just may be oh don't go in that room <laughs> well they also probably like had quote like a servant's kitchen situation oh yeah that's true too so they had a kitchen and so how are they poor again like i don't know if they're like low middle class or like what level of poor they are to be honest we're just making up stuff now we don't know if they have a servant's kitchen <laughs> or like if it's all separated we just don't know because they actually like, had six servants <laughs> <laughs> just get wilder and wilder but i'm really not sure like i don't know how they couldn't like if you're like okay i don't know how to make a single thing and apparently they can't follow a cookbook at all like, why wouldn't you just make finger food for dinner? Because otherwise you're going to burn it all. Right? That makes more sense. Or, like, what was finger food back then? Because, I mean, now you can go buy lunch meat. Cucumber sandwiches. <laughs> Here's mayo <laughs> and cucumber. Figure it out. Like, <laughs> Did they, they have had mayo back then? <laughs> I don't know. They had to bake the bread, too. This is getting harder and harder. <laughs> they had to bake the bread. They had to churn the butter. Like, oh, I could not survive. I would have just never eaten. I would have died. 
young, <laughs> skinny, but I would be dead. So, <laughs> um, so Joe invited Lori to dinner uh, to make up for fighting with him and lists out a ton of dishes that they're going to make, but she doesn't know how to cook. Like she like has like courses planned. And, like, there's meat on there. And I'm like, meat's hard to cook, okay? Like, I eat vegetarian mostly because I hate cooking meat. So I was like, I don't know how you're going to do this, chickadee. Like, that's a lot of food. So then Mitch, Mrs. March says she's going out for dinner and is going to take a vacation day and just leaves. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, rub that lesson in, Mom, I guess. Like, there you go. So then Beth accidentally killed her bird because she forgot to feed it while they're on vacation time. I was like, uh, okay. How? Like, that how was so you- random. I know. <laughs> I was like, they really, the author really needed to rub this lesson in further and be like, yeah, um, I don't know about that one. Like, it made me sad. It wasn't chirping or anything? Like, where did she keep it? In a closet? Under, like, a bunch of coats? I don't know. Or I don't know if it's, like, Hannah forgot to feed it that morning when she left and it died. Like, I don't know if they don't understand how starvation works, but it takes, like, more than an afternoon for a bird to die. Yeah, I didn't... I just find that odd that... That's odd too. Like I'm finding everything odd with this chapter. <laughs> like that was the most dramatic thing that's happened so far in the book. Or maybe it's getting you ready for something else. <laughs> <laughs> so someone named uh, Miss Crocker also showed up and is coming to dinner. And I was like, who even is this? Like we've never heard of this girl before. She shows up and she's like, feed me. And I'm like, whoa, 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 chicken nugget. Like, I don't know who you are. Calm down. Odd. Yeah. She's like, I'm coming to dinner. And everyone's like, are you though? Like who invited you? But apparently you can't turn anyone away. So Joe tries to make dinner and everything turns out horrendous, like absolutely awful. And the only thing Joe thought she made well was the fruit, but she accidentally used salt instead of sugar. And okay, I've made this mistake once. I accidentally put salt instead of Parmesan cheese on spaghetti. And let me tell you how I made this mistake. Because they are in the same cylinder type shape, and I had never gotten it for myself. I was always provided with the Parmesan cheese. So I saw a cylinder, and I was like, that's it. That's the one. And I dumped it all over spaghetti. I was like, nine. Okay. So it's just like, <laughs> okay. I'm just imagining this experience. <laughs> My childhood trauma coming onto screen, basically, while I'm reading this book, is I just imagine uh, what I like to call the spaghetti disaster happening with this fruit, and it made me... <laughs> Like, I felt so bad because I know exactly how that tastes. And I, like, gagged so bad. (laughs) This is a story I don't think you needed. But I also, so, like, I just imagined that happening. And I was like, I know exactly what that tastes like. And that fruit is awful. (laughs) (laughs) So in Mexican culture, there's this thing called tajin. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you've ever heard of it. And it is, like, a salt mixture of things that Mm -hmm. they put on fruit and vegetables and like almost 
I'm not gonna say almost anything, but I put it on almost anything. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I'm trying to wonder what, because it was strawberries, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to wonder what strawberries and salt would taste like. And I'm wondering if tahini would taste good on strawberries right Is it now. the red stuff? Yeah. Is it's it red? Okay. It's like, I don't know if. It's like street corn? Yes. Okay. I know exactly what that tastes like then. I didn't know that. Oh, no, wait. Maybe they, maybe that's, maybe that's chili. I don't know. But they might put it on street corn too, though. Mm -hmm. But I can't remember because I haven't had that in a very long time. (laughs) But yeah, it's called tahini. And it just makes everything so much more delicious. So now I really want to go get strawberries and find out. Um, so Joe made terrible fruit as we discussed and after dinner and I can't even tell if you can call that dinner because everyone had a horrible time. Um, they had a funeral for the little bird that Beth killed harshly and sadly because it suffered. Um, everyone feels like the experiment failed because like at the end of it, no one had a good time, you know, just I guess you aren't allowed to relax. Um, So then Mrs. March said she did leave all day to teach them a lesson. And that's how that chapter ends. And I'm like, okay, I guess they're like, you need a good balance of work and play. Like, it's not a bad thing to take a week off of working. Like, you still have to do those small tasks, like take care of your animals. But like, you know... (laughs) um try to teach kids that like hey yeah you can't take a break for a week and enjoy relaxing is not a good thing like what all right so that's all we have time for today uh thank you all so much for joining us kendra where can all the people of the internet find you you can find me on instagram what i'm there most of the time and then facebook and pinterest although i'm not there very often <laughs> and then twitter and it's all ke radke universe and i will add that in the show notes and where can they find your podcast oh that's at west post at west post at <laughs> <laughs> they can find the podcast at west coast booksters that's instagram and twitter is wc booksters and on Pinterest, <laughs> which is just kind of like a joke thing. It is, I believe, West Coast Booksters too. All right, perfect. And I will add all that to the show notes as well. But we will catch you in the next one. Bye. Thank you all so much for joining me on this episode of Barely Bookish. If you want to find me, I'm at Barely Bookish on everything. You can follow along with all the things I do. Um, You can follow me on TikTok and watch more of my instant reactions to the books that I'm reading. I'm going to be reading Throne of Glass soon, and I've never read it before. And I'm planning on filming like live reactions because I don't really know that much about it because I try to avoid all my spoilers. So that should be a lot of fun. So if you want to join me for that, um, please do. It's going to be fun. We're also going to be starting back up the Barely Book Club again. So go to barelybookish.com connect, and you should be able to find the link for that. Um, 
or look in the description below there's a link for that as well and we're still picking books um so right now is the perfect time to join and suggest new books before we start reading um the beginning of january so yeah please be sure to join us for that our logo was created by my little sister sarah and our theme song is by Raphael Crux from freepd.com. And I will catch you all in the next one. Bye!